Number 90. Eulogy for a Cat. I'll open with a poem by Mary Oliver from her collection House of Light, 1990. And this is The Buddha's Last Instruction. Make of yourself a light, said the Buddha before he died. I think of this every morning as the East begins to tear off its many clouds of darkness to send up the first signal. A white fan streaked with pink and violet, even green. An old man, he lay down between two solid trees, and he might have said anything knowing it was his final hour. The light burns upward, it thickens and settles over the fields. Around him, the villagers gathered and stretched forward to listen. Even before the sun itself hangs disattached in the blue air, I am touched everywhere by its ocean of yellow waves. No doubt he thought of everything that had happened in his difficult life. And then I feel the sun itself as it blazes over the hills like a million flowers on fire. Clearly, I'm not needed. Yet I feel myself turning into something of inexplicable value. Slowly, beneath the branches, he raised his head. He looked into the faces of that frightened crowd. Now, this piece was written a few years ago, so the names of the animals mentioned are different than the animals that currently are sharing our home. Eulogy for a Cat Our dog, Butler, the Boston Terrier, is still looking for the cat, or for the cat food. She was a good cat. Yep. She was. I miss her. She had a good life. I have a great picture of her out front of the house next to the orange of the lion's tail, sitting on the flagstone path in the sun. She was sweet. There are times when the divine shines through everything. I would say rather there are times when we notice. Yes, our cat died. Apparently her name was Fire. Adele tells me she was called that because her mother was named Smoke. And as we know, where there's smoke, I always just called her Cat. She was a wildcat when I moved here. Feral, coming and going, disappearing for extended periods of time. Slowly over the years, we became friendly. I'd leave food out for her. She softened. Or maybe she got tired of fighting the world. She began to let me pet her. She began to make Butler, her Boston Terrier, her friend, rubbing up against him, pushing her way into his bed, not to displace him, but to share the warmth with him. Butler, to his credit, generally took it without reacting, though he would look at me sometimes with the most mournful eyes. There's a cat sitting next to me. My life. God. More and more, 
she made her home on our back porch, lying in the sun and coming inside and hanging out with me until Adele would notice and push her back outside again. She was a good cat. We were lucky to know her. And now she's moved on. We know she hasn't just gone on a walkabout. We found her body under the house. This is how the Veda would say it. Not that we found her under the house, but her body. Because the being that was her, that was cat, is an expression of life. As such, it hasn't gone anywhere. It's no longer animating that body, just as each of us eventually will leave this body behind. But I will not die. Consciousness never dies. It merely changes form. Life doesn't end. It simply is expressed in a different way. I go on. We go on. Even though I no longer have the great pleasure of petting Cat or hearing her purr, having her rub up against me as I feed her, the life in her that I loved has gone nowhere. It's still available to be loved by me. It can still serve as the target for that love that wants to come through me. Just as I loved her before when she would disappear for days or weeks on end, I would think of her with love and wonder when she was coming back. This is just like that. I know I will see her, but it won't be in that body she had. Love is the energy of life shared between two individual expressions of life. Love is life in the one, recognizing itself as life in the other. And with that simple recognition, love flows, naturally, without choice. The only choice we ever have is to ignore that life in the other, or tell ourselves not to love, give ourselves a reason not to love. Tell ourselves that allowing love will lead to loss. The object of our love will die, move away, leave us, take our love with them. They will abuse our love. They will take it without return. The only choice we have is to ignore that life in the other or tell ourselves not to love. We can tell ourselves that allowing love will lead to loss. The object of our love will die, move away, or leave us, and take our love with them. This is not possible. To be alive is to love, if we allow it. If we say yes, nothing and no one ever can take that from us. Look, right now, if you have made it this far in this recording, if you've taken the ride with me, then along with me, you too are loving the cat, even though she has died. And doesn't it feel good to allow that? Doesn't it feel good to have that and to know that? Today, I will let myself love without thought of return. 
I will love someone or something with or without their or its permission. I will look beyond all the reasons my mind can find not to love you and insist on seeing within you the life that is within me. And I will allow that recognition and that connection to begin the flow of love between us for no good reason or for every good reason. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Embracing Bliss. I started this podcast and the book it's based on to offer a daily reminder to myself as well as to you that we have the freedom to choose happiness. And if ever we needed happiness and freedom to choose in this world, now would be that time. So please do share it with someone you love, send it to a friend, and also please stay in touch. Links for Instagram, uh, the book Embracing Bliss, and to sign up for my newsletter can all be found in the show notes. Until next time, have a great day.